Jerry, you ever eat a bologna sandwich in a hot tub? Call me back. All right, everybody, welcome to Super House episode 132. We are sounding buttery smooth this episode. And mm. this is <laughs> this is Andrew, <laughs> as always, coming in from Los Angeles. And I'm once again joined by Maddie. Hello. And Stefan. Hi, I'm Stefan. <laughs> so, so buttery smooth. <laughs> so, so buttery. <laughs> we have upgraded the mic situation here at Super House just to, you know, notify everybody of that and uh, moving into the description of this episode which is The Incredibles 2 review, spoiler filled, and then uh, Stefan has created a sister list to the top 10 gaming conspiracies that I made, uh, that I compiled a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and this is the kind of like uh, spiritual successor to that and Stefan's going to be heading that one up. So getting right into it, let's go to The Incredibles 2 review. Okay. So in this recording, I mean, in this episode, I have created... Uh, I-, I like to switch it up every time, all right? So all right. <laughs> I have different questions My than man. usual. Yeah. My man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So near the end, if there's anything that you didn't get to that you wanted to, let me know. But, uh, well, actually, the first one is, is kind of, uh, you know, the normal question, but then there's, it, it, it kind of uh, it changes up from there. So, uh, Maddie, uh, one sentence review, literally one sentence, go. Fantastic. <laughs> Stefan. A whole hell of a lot of damn good ass bitch fun. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to extend my sentence. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next question. Um, very simple, to the point, direct, gets the conversation started. Is this better than the first one, Maddie? So it's been a very long time since I've seen The Incredibles. Um, I've seen it a couple of times, but it's like, what they say, like 14 years since the first one? We were in college. Yeah. I mean, that's been, <laughs> that's been a long ass time, dude. We're old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, quite, quite um, From what I remember, I enjoyed the fuck out of Incredibles because it came out during, like, when Fat- Fantastic Four 1 or 2 had come out, the the Tim Story ones. Right. And I remember seeing either whichever one came out first and just always comparing that movie to how well the Incredibles did all their action scenes. Right. And going from that, the, I think Incredibles 2 stepped everything up a notch. And it's honestly like I didn't miss a beat between the 14 years in between <laughs> Incredibles and Incredibles 2. I like that they didn't age any of them. It's like, oh, here's the sequel. It's directly after the events of the first one. You know, there wasn't like, oh, it's been 14 years since you've seen the Incredibles. I like how it was like almost the way um, old sequels used to be done. Like it was a long time in between... T- Terminator and Terminator 2, you know, right. by today's standards anyway, because usually every year you're getting a sequel to something, you know, maybe every two years if it's just like, oh, we need to push it a little further to get it done. But yeah, man, I thought it, I liked it more than the uh, 
The first one, I thought the villain was a little more intriguing this time around, but also if you remember our villains list from several weeks ago, we've done a lot of these episodes, people. I can't keep them straight. <laughs> um, I, like the vi- I like the villains who don't necessarily have superpowers and who are just really smart and cunning. Like uh, This kind of reminded me of like Baron Zemo from Civil War, the villain in this, and I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool because I honestly didn't know where Incredibles 2 was going to go. I saw one trailer and just after that kind of went into a blind, not really reading about like who is going to appear and stuff like that. But yeah, I would say it's what you do with a sequel. You make it better than the first, but you can still go back and enjoy the first one. Stefan. Um, I don't think it's better than the first one. Mm. Um, but I do think it's of like a very close, uh, like a close second can does that make sense that yeah doesn't make any sense. yeah it does it does okay okay it's a very close second to being just as good um i think there's a there's a few things that i'm like hmm, I'm like shrugging at but um but no to answer your question <laughs> what was it that kind of fell short for you um, not that anything fell short so much. I felt like it was a little predictable at a certain point. Cause once they introduced that mystery of the screen slaver, the whole time you're like, all right, who is it? And then they only provide you with so many avenues there. And so it's kind of like, I felt like kind of guessed that it was going to be that, that chick, um, which is cool. I thought for a kid's movie, it's like, hell yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's you know? a kid's movie too. They have to make it yeah, a little yeah, bit they, understandable like, for them. Cause totally. A mom was like next to her kid, and she and the kid asked her a question about like what was going on, and I was like, "All right, I get it. It might be a little bit like hard for kids to follow, right? You know, for yeah. me, it's so, like, yeah. oh, I can follow this, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So, so the adult me is like the the Roger Ebert in me is like, hmm, you know, <laughs> but but it's all it's solid. But I just I just I've seen the first Incredibles kind of recently, and it's just like so solid. It's just like. You know, Brad Bird, Iron Giant, then Incredibles, you know, and the sequel to something so monumental by such a monumental guy in animation and stuff is, is you know, it's, it's hard to, it's a sophomore album, basically, <laughs> of the Incredibles material. So he's, you know, it's, it's hard to live up to something so legendary in my eyes or, you know, in terms of animation and stuff, not just my eyes, I guess. Yeah, I got. I understand you on that. Um, I do think it was probably a little better than the first one, not by leaps and bounds, but I mean, it's yeah. still like an, a fucking accomplishment. Yeah. Because the first yeah, one's so like fucking solid. Yeah. You I know think that they're neck and neck, really. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, just a, a, yeah. There's a couple of things, but I guess I'll get to more of it. What makes this one is is what Maddie said too. I I think I like the villain more in this one, even though. Uh-huh. And again, what Stefan, what you just said, I, it, yeah. it, it's predictable as fuck. As when yeah. they introduce those two characters, the brother and sister, you're like, okay, it's yeah. one of these two, but right? And have, I really, I really, to, you, but you really yeah. have to go in. You have to like know this is a kids movie, dude. The, right? Like exactly. a lot of times, like we're not the fucking age group, man. So honestly, maybe it's cheap, but they get a fucking pass. Yeah. They do. I so really, it's fine. I really liked the villain. I liked when you see her costume when she, you know, she's got her villain costume or whatever. But for the most part, she's pretty plain in terms of like a representation, as compared to the villain from the first one, who's so cartoony and colorful. You know. Um, well, I, so to I, me that to me that's similar to like what we were saying about like Ready Player One or what I was saying about Ready Player the villain Ready Player One like yeah it makes sense to us in our reality for sure but at the same time uh, you know all these other characters are so bombastic you know and and she's not so much but 
that is to say, you know, it's a kid's movie, and I did really like her. I just I don't know if I wanted another bombastic villain for this. Uh, I feel you for yeah. the second part. I mean, we had it. The Underminer gets away at the yeah. beginning That's of the true. film, and you had so him. that could that was, be that was that fight was really the, cool. Anyway. The season three or uh, season yeah. three, fucking uh, Incredibles <laughs> three villain. I mean, that has to come to some kind of conclusion. I mean, I'm not faulting them for not wrapping that up because I feel like there's a longer arc here that you know. I hope I don't have to wait another 14 years for an Incredibles three. Who the Underminer? Yeah. Because he gets away. <laughs> he was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's he true. he was awesome. Shit. Yeah, I mean, he was great. He was pretty smart about everything he did, having his little side contraption with the money in it to get away from Mr. Right, Incredible. Yeah. With the, I mean, it wasn't a dumb villain. Like when at the end of Incredibles, you see him and you're like, oh god, really, Underminer. Ugh. <laughs> and then it's like you see him again. And you're like, oh, he's actually can stand up against Mr. Incredible. He's like a smarter villain. Yeah, than and I those thought. hands that he had—that yeah. shit was cool. He was creepy. One thing I like about the way Brad Bird interprets his villains is—is is, you know, there's a sense of like real eeriness to some of them. Real, real kind of like this is something really fantastical, well, the, not just he, that a was cool costume. That was one thing I liked in the writing when um. It's like, I think all three superheroes are there, Frozone, Mr. Incredible, and Elastigirl, and um, they're t- and Bob Odenkirk's character is telling that story about his parents. Yeah. And she's like, why didn't they just go to the safe room? And he's like, that, it gets a little mad at her. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 we needed heroes. And I was like, that's cool. That's a little subtlety that this, as an adult, I really like. Yeah. You know, I felt, because it's like, obviously I should have known at that point that she was going to be the villain because she doesn't agree with her brother. But I was like... I don't really know at this point. It could be either one of them. I know it's between the two. And there was enough guesswork there for me as an adult that was like, all right, cool. I'm ready to play this out. See who's going to be the villain. I was like, kind of hoping it wasn't the girl, but I was kind of hoping it wasn't the other guy too. I was like, come on, come out of left field with someone. But I was like, it's got to be someone. And also much to my, not, not even to begin with, like not that any of my, what I'm saying was a gripe at all. Um, it's dawning on me now that the vil- you know the villains that or the heroes that turned villains through mind control and stuff like that they were you got kind of like the sinister six all of a sudden built in you didn't have to know their stories because they were part of like a bigger story so you got those kind of villain moments for these characters yeah so yeah cool, cool. Um, so the next question is did you have a fucking epileptic seizure watching this movie? <laughs> I, <laughs> Maddie. I saw the, uh, I did not, but I saw the little, um, ho- the little paper they had printed out at the theater. And I was like, what? What? I mean, Something happened? I, yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, that's an intense scene where it happens. And I was it's like, two or I'm three d- scenes, man. They keep <laughs> coming back with it. Well, when I they have like ta- the, the mind control shit. When Elastigirl's closed in the room and he's shocking her. Cause that's the most intense moment. Because that whole room oh is, like, God. doing all that shit. And I was like, oh, God. My, even in my mind, I was like, this is intense, Brad Bird. Why the fuck do you do this? Um, <laughs> I but, bet in 3D I mean, that's where it happened, huh? Maybe. I just watched a standard screening of it because it's cheaper. Seattle's fucking expensive. Yeah, um, Denver. But, yeah. no, I mean, I was kind of like, I like when they post stuff like that because I'm like, ooh, I wonder what scene they're talking about. I'm ready. Um, but yeah I was like that stuff doesn't really affect me and I'm sure there are people that it does affect and stuff and it's good that they put up those postings just because the one that like the only time they put up a posting that I thought was dumb was when uh, in The Last Jedi when it goes silent and people didn't understand that that was just a moment in the movie and I was like (sighs) like I get putting up a warning for people who are prone to seizures because of certain things that can trigger them 
But come on, people, learn to watch a movie that's not a big budget one. Come on. <laughs> Stefan? Did I have an epileptic seizure? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just say yes. Um, tell us all about it. <laughs> I was cold as fuck in the theater. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's why bro. you bring up blanket. I, well, I was. I've been. I wear like cut off jean shorts, hipster style, and, and you just fucking like a t-shirt. And I forget that this theater that I go to, in particular, it's the budget theater, but it's nice. They serve food there. I got a burger. It was good. Goddamn, um, nothing better than that. <laughs> but it, but yeah, it gets cold in there, so I'm like sitting there, like really enjoying the movie and stuff like that. But I'm like. I guess I like grown ass man. Like I look like a little kid with my arms and my shirts and my, <laughs> <laughs> and my knees to my chest, you know, <laughs> just like, thanks for my burger, sir. <laughs> I, wish movie. I, could, I wish I could eat it with my normal arms, but I have to use my <laughs> T-Rex arms <laughs> to eat it. Yeah, just my so hands. Cold. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> well, the cheese fell out. All right. Um, to answer this question, I first got to ask uh, Maddie this. Maddie, what's your, uh, what's your prescription on your glasses? Um, it, I don't know. You're like negative, it, negative this or that? Yeah, I mean, my glasses make me, they allow me to see, like, slightly better than 2020. Oh, you don't know the number, like, if you ever no. worn contacts? Okay. No, I don't wear Most, contacts, dude. I can't put shit in my eye. That shit's scary. What if it gets stuck in there? Oh, I don't want to think about it. Shut up. Reason I ask is because I'm I'm uh, full disclosure here. I am highly nearsighted. Yeah. Usually people like are like negative Whoa. two, negative three. I'm negative eight and negative seven point seven five, <laughs> different in each eye. Uh, Stefan, I think we need to get another host. I can't deal with this. Uh, I are do. You blind? I see. <laughs> I, I probably am legally blind without my glasses, but I see twenty twenty with correction. They're always surprised at the if I go to like a new eye doctor. Yeah. Um, they're like, whoa, you get corrected like crazy. Like, wow. Um, so I see you just fine with contacts or glasses. But um, anyway, what I'm, what I'm, the point I'm trying to get to is I think uh, it makes me a little bit more light sensitive. Uh, and Did I didn't have, have a, a seizure. I didn't have a seizure, but I had to kind of look away for a moment, man. That was yeah. fucking me up. Well, and this is during the hypnotizing scenes you're talking. About. Yeah, yeah. And it so, was, so it did was, somebody it was actually get? Did somebody actually have an epileptic seizure during no, the screening? No, but they did send out they warnings warned. because oh. you know there's a whole Pokemon shit going yeah. on. Uh, Y'all are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> Some well, kids might find out they have a problem seeing this movie, dude. <laughs> you Good. Never, you never know. What better, what better way to find out than with your role models and <laughs> your parents around? And <laughs> a you, group of people that can help you? <laughs> yeah, there might be a doctor there. Some guy passed out in the fucking restaurant that I work in the other day, fell face first on a concrete floor. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> As you there giggled. was a doctor. It was like a TV show moment. I felt like we were in um, Grey's Anatomy. Because the guy <laughs> fell over, and it's like, oh my god, stop! Everybody's like gasped. Wait, to what a movie silence. was this for? This was in my job. This is my real life. Oh shit! Yes, but I was saying it's like a Grey's Anatomy episode where the fucking the guy falls over, everybody gasps, and uh, the just a guy he's like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> he's just like right next to him, you know. I was like, what the fuck? I'm just sitting there watching, it like this is crazy. Like, did he have he had an I, allergic reaction? No, he. They were hungover. I guess we uh, thought he was having a seizure, but he would. They were like the, All these friends like partied hard. I guess they all came in looking all sickly and shit, and then they just didn't get their food in time because on the weekends it takes a while, um, and they didn't get their food in time for them not to 
like their blood sugar was low or whatever. And oh my god! Passed out and fell. So and people crunched his head. <laughs> people parted like crazy in uh, Denver, huh? Well, they were in from out of town, especially now in the summer. There's like a ton of fucking raves out here, um, so you get like a lot of EDM fans and stuff, and they come in for brunch because they want mimosas and shit and like their hangovers and stuff. And this group. <laughs> was like oh man it like stopped everything up for a second everybody was like oh my god and i was at a birthday brunch this morning all right and, uh, <laughs> uh, moving forward all right so no epileptic seizures all around that's good all right no. um most negative question in the list what was the worst thing about the movie maddie uh i don't think i had a worst moment i don't think there was anything uh well not in the movie, but goddamn theater experiences, right? <laughs> um, yeah. At, just why do people talk? Like, so there's that yeah. scene where where Jack Jack grows big, but before that they have to extinguish the fire Jack Jack, right? Yeah. And then the bad guys walk in, and someone goes, "Well, what happened to the purple blueberry lavender stuff?" And I went in my head, I went, "Who the fuck cares, dude? It's a kids' movie, right?" It's like, and then he made me think about that where I wouldn't have thought about it before. It's like, well, first of all, you have Dash, who is basically the Flash, so he cleaned it up. Duh, move the fuck on, you stupid idiot. This combo, this is a superhero movie, dude. They use them superpowers to get rid of that blueberry shit. Or Jack-Jack yeah. ate it all. Who knows how fast Jack-Jack can eat? He's got so many powers. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. Enjoy the fucking movie so I can enjoy the fucking movie. Like, it doesn't yeah. bother me when a mom's telling a kid. I'm at a kid's movie, but these people behind me were definitely in their 20s, maybe like seniors in high school or something. It's like, come on, dude. Do I need to explain it to you? Do they need to show you how they cleaned up the mess in a movie? Yeah. I no, then because then no, we're getting into then we're getting into cyborg and fucking Flash digging up Superman territory. Yeah, I don't need. No, I don't. That's need worse, to know. though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't saying, need. To, I don't. Similar. I don't need to know any of that shit, especially like some stuff I can just. I, it wasn't even on my radar of how they cleaned that shit up. I remember seeing it when they introduced it. I was like, oh, that seems pretty messy. And then he started eating. I was like, Jack Jack's just going to eat it all. Who knows how much food he has to eat because he can use all these powers. Fine, done. I get it. I've coped with it. I can continue on with this movie. But just like hearing that guy like out of the, in, the, in my left ear, I was like, oh, you motherfucker. These people were also kicking the back of my seat slightly or during the little short before it, this girl could not stop laughing at it. Oh my god! Right behind me, and I was like, "What's funny about what's happening?" Like, yeah, she ate her son, but it's because she's having to deal with the oh, fact yeah. that she lost him, and like they haven't reconciled their differences, or you know, she's just that an overprotective mom. <laughs> and I was like, "Let the movie fucking finish before you," because she was like, "Oh, but God, she ate her son!" Oh my god! And I was like, "This isn't literal." This isn't her real son. People have a hard time with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I was uh, like, very annoying. And it was just like, and she just couldn't stop laughing. And even her friends were like, dude, you got to chill out. And I was like, it was like right, like right behind me. And I like turned around and just like looked at one of them. There wasn't the one right behind me. And they were like, you got to be quiet. And I was like, yeah, you better shut the fuck up. Cause this is part of the movie. I want to watch the story. I wanted to see it complete. But it's like, I mean, I get laughing at something or ooing or aahing or being gasping at something scary, jumping, saying, oh, shit. But that should be the extent of the theater. You shouldn't have a full conversation. And I also get that, like, some kids don't get what's going on. Parents have to explain. I'm in a kid's movie, for Christ's sake. 
<laughs> I, I, I can handle that. Like some kid going, "Mom, what happened?" Like I don't like a kid not getting it. That's fine because you're young as shit. I'm a grown ass man. I know when to sit down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> some kid kept a- kicking the back of my seat, and I was like, "I'm not gonna be the guy to get up and angry at a kid. I'm just, yeah. gonna, I'm just <laughs> no. gonna take it. I'm gonna sit here and take it." <laughs> no, but adapt, when you're teenagers, man. you better look the fuck out for Maddie. I'm coming. I'll look at you. That's all I'll do. I'll just look at you sternly. Like, what would your parents think? I had one dad behind me during the first little short animated short. At, when it was getting all teary-eyed, the guy is like, Brielle, are you doing okay? <laughs> How are you, girls? And she's like, shut the fuck up. Like, Let them cry if they want to cry. You don't know about it in a theater. You don't have to check in that early, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like That's the only part of that experience I got. And Stefan, I mean, worst thing about them... Oh, keep going, Maddie? Oh, no, I was just saying. And it's like, it's not going to be anything that bad. Like, they might cry a little because it's a sad story. It's not like you took them to see some PG-13 movie. Are you girls okay? It's like they, yeah. they, Pixar makes these <laughs> movies for a reason. They know You're what they put One row back out. being like, close your eyes, don't look at this. Oh my God, she, just ate, her, she just ate her dumpling, son. Look away. I, will I would never the way do you that to movies. you, children. I would never what, eat you. What goes into your head. Until a post-apocalyptic event happened and I had to eat you. All right, anyway, go ahead, son. <laughs> yeah. I'd eat Worst. my kids. <laughs> Worst thing about the movie, uh, Stefan? Um, I think for me... If there is such a thing, <laughs> it's probably that um, my only thing that I can think of is that it seemed like Brad Bird was trying to kind of introduce some kind of like statement or message about like being having too many screens in front of us or something real quick. Only in one scene, right? Like it's kind of in and out. No, I mean, yeah, it kind of is in and out, exactly. But, yeah, it's not just in one scene, though. I think in a couple scenes, they kind of kind of touch on that a little bit. The which, whole movie is you know, about someone controlling screens, by the way. I know, but they it it seems like it, it seems like they um that Brad Bird kind of like sidestepped his message just to have like a tightly wrapped plot structure. You know, you think he should have leaned more into the message or less? I don't think that he should or shouldn't have done anything. I just thought it was odd that they just barely kind of touched on that aspect without exploring it further. Um, Eh, Because they could have shown they could have shown more aspects of they could have shown more aspects of like like other people being controlled by these screens. And, And also because the time frame is kind of like anachronistic. I guess it's not really like 1950s, but some of it kind of is, and it's like kind of contemporary. But you know, I people think, have smart devices. And I stuff, think that you know? the it's it's the whole show. Both of them are set in modern times, hundred yeah. percent. They just use a 1950s pulp superhero aesthetic just sure, for sure, just sure. for fun. Sure. So, but basically, all I'm saying is just I thought it was odd that, and maybe be, again because it's a kids' movie, and you don't want to maybe go too deep into that for whatever reason. But I just thought it was interesting. It seemed like that he kind of drew some attention to that, and then kind of stepped b- back from it a little. Oh, bit. like it wasn't part yeah. of the. It seems to be a big like motivating yeah, factor the, for the yeah, villain. Yeah, the, the aspect. The aspect of of. Because because most of the people who are actually controlled like zombies were controlled with goggles, you know, <laughs> right? But but um yeah, it just seemed uh, yeah, well, it was like just like the kids okay. were the only one who weren't controlled by any of it. 
Yeah. Which is. I just thought. Wait. I just thought maybe he was reaching for a message, maybe in an earlier draft, and kind of pulled away from it um, a little bit. Uh, so it didn't like it didn't stop up the movie for me or anything like that. I just thought it was odd. They um, try to story, hit on. Wise. They try to hit on issues in Incredibles. Uh, that's not the first time. Like even in the yeah. first one, they're like, there's a whole family argument where he's like, why? Like the father's like, why can't we let our kids be great? You know, yeah. and, and he wants the kids to use their powers, and he's totally for it, which I think yeah. is cool. And then the mother is like, "No, they got to hide. We're we're you know we're superheroes. We got to be have a secret identity and shit." And uh, I, I think ultimately it's kind of metaphorical, I guess. It's just like let your kids be great. You know what I mean? Right. Don't yeah. interfere. But in the story, it's confusing because. He in the in the first one he wants to let the son run track. His fun is his his son's a fucking flash, you know. Like yeah. he can't like if he runs track it does it's not going to matter, you know. Like it's it's just kind of like it's almost like a kind of failed metaphor. Like I get it, but it's a little bit weird. I think in the first one, yeah. And there's the other one too. Like in this one, I think it's actually even better where they're having a family conversation. Sorry to hijack your point here. No, you're good. Um, the the uh they're having that conversation about um you know what is it like what's lawful and what's right we're gonna tell we're gonna teach our kids that what they're doing is wrong or i can't remember what exactly they were saying but i found myself once again agreeing with the dad mm-hmm. and i kind of i kind of wish they made the the like i agree with um the mother too but yeah, I don't that, well, that was re- that was really at the crux of, I guess, maybe what I'm thinking of too, is because I didn't really feel like I aligned myself with anybody's, you know, stance in particularly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought they both made good points and stuff like that, but they were again kind of facilitating the whole world to exist by these kind of big pillar stances of, you know, just to make the story interesting, um, but not to think too deeply into it. Um, yeah, there were there are aspects of it where I was just kind of like, okay, like he's, you know, there as parts of it felt like they were trying to put, like he was really trying to write some meaty stuff in there, but then then drew it back a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how the whole movie felt to me in yeah, terms of I this kind of stuff, like like messages and, and you know, like you know, a lot of a lot of kids' movies are contingent on this big message, which uh, uh, you know. Uh, that's kind of a gray area for me here. I do like messages, but I think in appropriate ways, <laughs> but anyway, um, so this one just felt like, okay, you know, we got a lot of really good action. The story for the most part is really good. And the plot structure is really good. Like, um, you know, maybe they, I just, yeah, I feel like he didn't lean into it as much as maybe either he wanted to, or as much as he could. So yeah. you're saying like, go all the way or not at all. Um, no, not so black and white. I'm just saying, I'm just saying maybe again, there could have been a better balance of those kind of things and you could have kind of squirted out maybe like a, there, actually there was a lot of good messages in the film, so I don't want to make it seem like there weren't a whole lot. I just felt like parts of it were a little bit holy. Right. Um, so maybe just, maybe just get a feel for the overall, yeah, like balance of the way you're movies playing out he does like to he likes to pepper that that kind of thing in which is yeah yeah and i think and i think you know he 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 was at his peak with like iron giant and the first incredibles and it's 14 years later you know how do you like how do you stir yourself to do that again or or maybe he's still there i don't know exactly where his head was at but but it's it's also interesting to see 
right um how that played out so not really any gripes just this first thing came to my mind all right best thing about the movie maddie um, I, I mean, there's a lot that's really good about it. I mean, I don't feel like any of us have had any complaints with it. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't. Sorry about, sorry to, uh, uh, I forgot to say my worst thing. Uh, go ahead. So, yeah. Sorry, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, to me, the worst thing was we already touched on it a little bit. It was just for me as an adult, it was way easy to see. It was going to be one of the two, uh, brother and sister. I saw it like a mile away. Yeah. Uh, the villain reveal. But even that, it's it's. Wait, a kid's did you know movie. it was gonna be the sister? I knew it was gonna be one of the two. So you didn't know who the villain was gonna be. Not exactly, so but they so pointed it's still right. pretty good. I mean, I know. you only had two people to choose from, but you didn't choose the right one. There's a red herring there, which is the brother, which is cool. Yeah. And even, I mean, even this complaint, it's it's a kids movie. Like, just I gotta let it go. You know, like it's fine. Um. So, uh, yeah. So back to Maddie. Uh, best thing seen anything factor of the movie cool um i mean i don't really have any problem with anything i mean i i liked everything in the movie i thought everything was like just up to up to everything uh more so than like the first incredibles which is what i want from a sequel i really enjoyed the jack jack raccoon fight and when he (laughs) looks at the raccoon and (laughs) like looks back at the robber and he's like oh yeah i get it (laughs) <laughs> trying to break, stealing my chicken legs from my garbage can. Um, I really laughed a lot at that point, and I thought it was because when it was first happening, I was like, "This is kind of weird." And then I just kind of got into it, and I was like, "Well, what else is Jack Jack gonna fight at this point to like see all his powers and stuff?" But I will say that raccoon put up a hell of a fight, dude. You might want to include <laughs> that raccoon in the Incredibles, by the way. Just saying, yeah, because this guy, has, this this baby has laser eyes. Right. And then turns into a demon or can light himself on fire. So if a raccoon can survive, um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought that fight was very funny. I thought all the action scenes were super well done. It's just, you know, it's like you watch some of these big budget comic book movies and they don't like these action scenes are great in the Incredibles. Um, mm-hmm. And I get it. It's CG. You know, it's an animation, so you can kind of do a lot more. But I feel like Elastigirl, like everything she does, it's like it's so well done. Like. Uh, there's that part where Void is like, use your parachute, use your parachute. And you're like, oh, my God, you better use your parachute. I don't know what she's going to do. But then she throws out one of her portals and then she parachutes at the, like the last second to save the villain. And oh, I was right. Like, that was sick. Right. And like they never even really worked together before. They just like understand each other's powers. And like Elastigirl understands. And I really like that weird kind of connection. Like you don't have to explain everything to me. Like they get each other because they're heroes and this is what should happen. Um, and I really like that moment. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff. Oh, I another thing I really liked that it was an Elastigirl movie. And then it became mm-hmm. the family movie at the end. I'm glad I didn't follow Mr. Incredible. I'm glad he took a back seat because he was the main focus of the last movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked that Elastigirl uh, was, you know, she's yeah. pretty badass, dude, when she gets on a motorcycle. And there's that moment where she's like, oh, yeah, and I had a mohawk. He's like, you had a mohawk? And she's like, it wasn't a big deal. I was like, I want to see that movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see punk rock Elastigirl before she became a mom uh, prequel. But uh, yeah, those. I mean, I'm sure there's a shit ton more, but I don't want to take all of them. So, on to the next person, Stefan. Um, I think the best part of the movie was just like the overall 
classic like American animation sensibility that Brad Bird brings to his shit. It's just so good. And really the overall cleverness of like the whole rest of the movie, other than some of the things that may have bothered me a little. Um, it was just like really clever, really funny. Um, I love the design of all the different characters. They're so significant and like special in their own way. The electricity guy, he just had that weird looking kind of like morph face, you know, morph from X-Men. He had that weird, like sickly kind of look, but he was this kind of weird hero, that crusher guy, you know, or brick, you know, he's kind of juggernaut looking, but he's supposed he's a, a hero as supposedly. And just his design is just so wild. That little hair and like the structure of the, you know, just the design of all these characters was just so entertaining to watch them do anything. I loved Void. Her power was so well done and her personality was really cool and how she was just like hero worshiping Elastigirl. And, and I love that peering into the cultural aspects of superheroes and stuff. Like I could take 15 more of these movies, man. I love it. It's just such a great refreshing but also kind of old school look at superheroes and and the way they're represented on screen and stuff. And uh, you can tell he just had so much fun. The owl guy, that was so creepy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Re- Reflux, the old man. Yes. Who, 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 gar- who like spewed out his acid <laughs> bile or whatever. That's a fucking it was gross like, ability, by the way. Yes, I, I loved it. Take man. notes. That was, yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. You know, and then how the kids are cleverly using their powers and how it's kind of like natural to them. Because, you know, I love Dash so much and he could easily just be like a two dimensional character. You know, he could be um, no pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he could easily, um, you know, just kind of just be there to service the speed needs of the team or whatever. But he's so clever because, you know, he's when he's off playing and stuff, he's constantly using his superpowers when he can get a second away from his parents or his sister. He's probably doing all kinds of dumb little boy shit, you know, like trying to test his abilities. And I bet he's run into some really interesting. This is just me speculating. But you see how these kids are thinking and how they've used their powers. They seem to have experience. They seem to have a real knack for their own personal abilities and um, I loved seeing that and how Jack Jack he didn't really learn his powers so much as he is his powers and that was really interesting to watch <laughs> and kind of mind bending and then the, the shit the outer limits stuff I love the background oh, yeah. sound the sound design mm-hmm. oh man it's just like pitch perfect I haven't seen a Pixar movie in the theaters since Brave and this was fucking so much fun yeah, uh, I think uh, I haven't seen one since Wally. <laughs> so oh yeah, shit! Yeah. All right, yeah. So best thing for me about the movie, uh, I agree with Maddie. It's the fucking raccoon and Jack Jack scene. <laughs> so um, good. God, just to him looking at the TV, seeing the villain with the uh, domino mask, and then seeing the raccoon with a similar pattern. He's like, "You must be a villain too." And then <laughs> you know, you kind of see this like full display of his powers and yeah and that raccoon just fucking holding it down man yeah that raccoon does need to be part of the team man that that guy was great (laughs) yeah Yeah. that fight was the like white knuckle knockdown drag out fucking brawl we haven't seen since fucking they live infinity war (laughs) yeah 
pretty much yeah it was awesome fucking brad bird really is a master storyteller uh you Mm -hmm. see it time and time again uh he doesn't have many misses um i do enjoy the kind of like deeper themes thrown in just peppered in Mm -hmm. throughout the film uh i do agree with stefan in a little bit in the sense that it's a little um they could lean into the concept a little more, but then at the same time, like how much do you need to, like, it's very like, mm-hmm. I don't know who can answer not, that not question. A, not a big deal. Yeah. Really, so it comes down to it. Yeah. It, that's, a, that's just, yeah, not a huge, huge thing. And, um, the family, like when you see the trailers for this film, they focus more on the family aspect than the powers aspect. So mm-hmm. you get, yeah. you get a very clear idea of what this is about and that's kind of, you can see that like that that's how they write it this is a family mm-hmm. with powers family is first yeah. this is a family drama and all the characters feel real you know i feel like i knew even though i didn't know anybody with superpowers i feel like i knew kids like jack i mean yeah. like like dash i knew yeah. I, I knew kids i knew uh, you know the the, uh, the totally. girl they're so relatable yeah the girl's very relatable as well what's her name again violet violet violet, violet very relatable um the mother and the father of course and i did really enjoy the focus on elastigirl this time because maddie was right mm-hmm. we already saw his story pretty much like of mm-hmm. course there's more to tell but jesus yeah, christ wa- this is a fucking family here let's focus I on the see mother him older or i think the most logical next step is a frozone movie Oh, that's got to be the next spinoff. And I just want to mention before we move on is Frozone, the level of his ability. He's a powerful motherfucker to see the the amount of ice he was able to build to stop things and stuff was like unbelievable. And I like how he was. Hold on, sorry. Very good use of powers. Yeah, and one thing that really interests me with superhero movies and something like this is to see the way that heroes and villains and stuff stack up against each other and like, you know, in the X-Men universe how some are like Omega mutants and stuff. And so seeing Frozone, I was like, this dude is insanely powerful. It was nuts. Yeah, I really liked how he could control, like, the ice that he used was specific because at the end, when he stops the ship, it was like crushed ice. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. That's so good because, like, when he was trying to turn the ship, he was using, like, big chunks of ice. It wasn't. So I was like, man, whoever's paying attention, like, Brad Bird is like, no, he would use this kind of ice because he would know how to manipulate his powers to make the. I thought that was fucking, like, a nice detail. And that Sam Jackson had a meteor bit this yeah, time he's around a, was great, man. You know who I need to see? Honey. His wife. <laughs> Honey. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Honey. <laughs> She's just the voice, so we need to better be up. back ASAP. Yeah. That's the next. That's <laughs> part of the spinoff, man. That's going to be Frozone the Dude, movie. Dude, I... Frozone movie, Pixar, let's do it. 100%. 100%. I wanted to say real quick that I like that the kids also in the movie, like, before it was always like... Um, like in the first film, I felt like they were like, oh, we don't know our powers. And like, do we want to do this? And in this one, we're like, we're superheroes. We got to fucking go right now. Yeah. Well, I like how they didn't miss a beat to go save their parents. It's like I, they knew what they needed to do. Yeah. I, I also like that, too. I was going to get to that. The movie has like moments, you know, like whenever the parents get when and Frozone, they get uh, mind mind wiped or whatever. They have the go- the goggles on. That's like, oh shit, they're going there. You know, I, I thought that was a cool moment. And then like Jack Jack just uses his fucking infinite amount of powers just to take it off. 
that was like that was awesome i I was like damn this is really fucking good dude this is (laughs) this is the shit i was i was enjoying that thoroughly and also void she was great it was like the the game portal made into her powers which was fucking awesome and i do like the fact that they just she and uh, Elastigirl, they just they just vibe, dude. She, like Elastigirl, yeah. she's old enough to know a good person when she sees him, and yeah. she just knows that she's good. Boom! But that's all you need to know. And, you I know, like that, when that they fought good. too, and she Void was you know smart enough to know that she could whip around Elastigirl's fist right at her puncher. Right, right, dude, right. I, oh, it's so cool. I love that moment when. Um, a violet is like putting her force filled up and then a uh, void goes into the bubble to get her out of it. And I was like, that's sick. You know, you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It was so good. Violet's powers are really cool too. And yeah, the way she uses them that, Oh man. And then, yeah, again, like Mr. Incredible and stuff to see how indestructible he was and, and how he uses brute force. Like, because he's not so smart. He's really hard-headed, but that's kind of his forte. So. But he yeah, fucking tries. Like, you see, like... He, he does try, he, yeah, In the middle yeah. of the night, he's studying math for his son. It's like... Yeah, for, and In that moment, you see... You get to see, like, this side of him. Like, he is a brute force guy, but he's also, yeah. like... He's going the fucking extra mile at home, dude. Like, yeah. I know I would be sleeping, bro. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing I know about Andrew Bush, he loves that sleep. I do. <laughs> no matter what time, if he's sleepy, he gonna sleep. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember have, that. I have never had insomnia in my life. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, next question: How do you think they will deal with Jack Jack moving forward now that he's so powerful? Like, what do you think they're gonna do with him as far as like? a sequel you know because now they got i feel like they almost wrote themselves into a corner with this type of power you know um do you have any idea with this uh maddie um i would say for an incredibles 3 i'd like maybe a time jump and see the kids a little older like dash maybe has some new powers violet's like can control hers really well um you know um and then jack jack's a little older so you know does he have all his powers still you know was um, and, you know, I, I mean, I'm ready to take that journey to see how he controls them all, you know, if he can tap into them still at this point in, in age. But I definitely think, uh, you know, a couple years or, you know, like a five year jump for Incredibles 3 would be a smart move. Right. Just because we've seen two films with them in similar ages, you know, maybe they're a year older or something, but they look pretty similar to the way they did in the first one. Oh, it's uh, like right from the jump, dude. Yeah, so I definitely think like Incredibles <clears throat> three has to like step it up. Like maybe Violet has more powers. Dash can do more stuff with his speed because, you know, if we're comparing Dash to the to the Flash, he, you know, the Flash has all kinds of abilities. Like time, you know, he can uh, go through time, and so can Dash do those? Can he run that fast? Like, I think we need to explore the kids next. I mean, Frozone for sure, but I feel like he kind of n- needs a prequel movie almost. And I would like to explore the kids next because they are kind of in the background, even though they are important to the story and they all have their little arcs throughout. But I feel like the next film needs to be about them, like, you know, Violet becoming older and maybe going to college at this point, Dash becoming a teenager, Jack Jack getting older and like what his powers can do. Maybe he has an issue where he can't use them all at specific times. But that's what I would like to see happen with like the Incredibles on the next outing. Just don't take 14 years. You can take five 
or six. It had the biggest opening of all time for an animated feature. Uh, yeah, so we might be seeing that sequel sooner than expected. Uh, so, yeah. Stefan. What was the question again? Sorry, how question. how are they going to deal with Jack-Jack going forward, seeing how, oh, okay. how he's so powerful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think for an Incredibles 3, it's definitely like a lot of what Maddie was saying. I think it's definitely got to be about the kids. Um, and if not central to Jack Jack and him now learning his abilities, maybe in his toddler stage, um, or maybe a jump forward. I think that would be really interesting. Um, but I think if we go from like how the first film, the second film starts basically where the first film ends. And so there's not really a whole huge gap there. So maybe one option is to keep consistent with that and maybe do like a couple years. Um, but then also, yeah, it would be, it, it would just really be interesting to see them in a, more grown uh, stage. So in that case, yeah, I think definitely we're focusing on Jack-Jack and controlling his abilities. Um, but I also think possibly the threat of him either being like forcibly like detained by the government or concerned party or something like that, or somebody tries to harness his power either by brainwashing him or by kidnapping yeah. him wholesale. Um, but Either way, any of those options all sound great to me, and I'm sure whatever I haven't even thought of, um, Brad Bird's well, already dreaming up. What if Jack Jack becomes the villain, like you say, like with like mind oh. control or something? I thought yeah, about that. exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that would that, be cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, and like, and yeah, so we we've done the mind control thing in this one, but then yeah, some other kind of. I, I mean, know, Jack I Jack guess, could, yeah. could just understand. Like theme. <laughs> if we do jump forward in time, you know, make him older yeah. where he understands how powerful he is. Yeah. You know, and maybe something happens or within the film. Or he's just learning how powerful yeah. he is. Yeah. And something happens where he's just like, well, I could have changed that. And I'm going to. I'm going to change things. And, like, his parents were like, you can't. You can't do this. Like, yeah. Violet's at college. You know, yeah. dashes around. But he's like, got his friends. And Jack Jack is alone. Um, yeah. Uh, I think... I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm just speculating. I know Brad yeah, yeah. Bird is like he gets paid to think of better ideas. I'm just throwing yeah. shit out. I'm just throwing shit. Listen, Brad Bird. For if you my need money, me to bounce ideas off of, I'm yeah. not doing anything. <laughs> call yeah. me. From, from, from my end, uh, from my end, I think it'd be really interesting. Well, I think the central core of the Incredibles is the family unit and stuff like that, and how they come together and how they learn together. But that'd be um, great to tear them apart. Maybe Incredibles. No, four. that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting <laughs> at. I don't think. I don't think I could take it going like a dark route to where Jack Jack is somehow, you know, against his parents or whatever. I think. I think with these movies, there's been a clear picture painted of like, not so much like good and evil as much as like. Um, ideologies being conflicted um but yeah i could see jack jack being torn between that it's just you know now there's an emphasis on how powerful he is for sure and you know your first instinct is that is going to be attempted to turn evil somehow or or be used for evil so i think that's kind of the logical route is it too soon is it like the the, last jedi it's too soon on the broad spectrum and that's the thing too is like you can't end it on a dark note either you know what i mean so i think it's more likely that he'd be kidnapped or you know what I mean, or brainwashed, or something like that. I could see something, yeah. Where they, they, I could see something where he's convinced that his parents don't love him anymore, or something manipulated, uh, you know, by, you know, a teacher of some sort, or like you know, kind of the Palpatine route, I guess. 
yeah. um, where somebody's trying to manipulate him. But then it's his, it's, you know, his whole journey to not only he knows how powerful he is that, but also that he's like knowing, learning what right, the right and wrong ways to use his powers basically, which I think is, is a, is a theme that would run consistent with the stuff we've seen so far. I'm down, dude. That would be so tight, dude. I, I don't, I mean, I want an Incredibles three right now <laughs> i mean I, I i definitely think at this point they have to do a trilogy it's like uh, oh, to yeah, leave it yeah. at incredible two would be uh, i hope a series of films, well i mean but yeah, at the, until there was talk of incredibles 2 i was just like god it's been a long time we're not getting one yeah yeah and then it was just like oh shit we're getting one yeah and it's like ah, you know i mean i mean this one did really well so i assume we will yeah the way that things work in the industry but you know i just ended at three i don't know i kind of want a fourth one man like have me jack jack like <laughs> yeah that's where jack jack well, well, that's where maddie gets his jack jack venom movie and then the frozone movie yeah. on its own oh, yeah. on its own so there's yeah. your four right there yeah frozone. but no i need a frozone standalone well yeah it'll be its own yeah and then yeah. i need an incredible three maybe four <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe i want too much maybe i want too much for bed brad bird the I reason all. I the reason I ask this is because it's like the Superman thing. Uh, you introduce a character very, very powerful. It's gonna. It's kind of like writing yourself into a corner. They do write good Superman shit all the time, but it is a little more difficult, I'd say. Uh, and um, honestly, I I didn't know. I don't have an answer either. I, I I think that they could like introduce some sort of kryptonite or emotional kryptonite. I don't know how they would do that, but like what you guys said about like can sort of convincing him as like a six year old, like if we jump, if we jump five, five years ahead, he's like six years old and he's like convinced that his parents are evil or something like that. And maybe that would work or, uh, Jack, Jack, there's the villain is the, is sort of a kryptonite, but he's like the exact kind of villain that can take Jack Jack head on because right now, mm. from what we've seen, Jack Jack can take on anybody. He's most yeah. powerful. He's like the most powerful mm. mutant in X-Men. Well, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have to think that he's not the only one born with so many abilities. Somebody else has it, right? So that yeah. that's the villain. So then you have an equal, you know, it's like Superman and Zod, like equal power level. And, uh, kind of go from there but other than that i'm not really sure how they do it but brad bird and his team are are you know they've been proven time and time again they're really good at this so i'm sure we'll see what happens man okay sweet uh next one uh second to last question here uh maybe this should have been asked first but bow the short film before it uh I had like some onions going on in my screen, bro. Uh, something was going on in there, and uh, I don't <laughs> what know do what you mean. Some, somebody was just cutting onions in my fucking <laughs> screening. Did you man. go to a 4DX show? Like what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what it was, man. I just you know, I just it was weird. Oh, you start crying a lot because you're do. softy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Maddie, cutting onions. You said you said a little bit before, but do you have anything else to add about bow? <laughs> I think that's the name of it. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, man, I don't know. I always enjoy those shorts a lot, uh, but it's been a while since I've seen them. I didn't... I Honestly, when I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, they do this before these movies. Yes. Because yeah, it's been a while I, I since I saw too. one. 
And, um, I mean, it was fun to see, but I was just kind of ready to get into Incredibles 2 since, it, you know, it's been a long mm-hmm. time, and I was just ready to start. And it didn't really pump me up for Incredibles 2, which I don't think any of those films that they show are supposed to do that. I Man, mean, the animation... Like fucking bullshit. The animus, anima, animation style was cool. I got the message. It was short and sweet. You know, I mean, I'd definitely be interested in whatever that team does next. Um, there's a... <laughs> Just a sidestep for a split second. There's a dude who does... Do you guys know Lucas the Spider? No. Uh, he was a guy who worked on like either Sony or he worked in Pixar, but it's a little... Like a jumping spider, but he was like, I want to try to make this thing look cute, and I adore this little dude. And I was watching this, and I was like, I kind of want to see a Lucas the Spider short instead because I want a feature film of Lucas the Spider. Um, but he just he's just kind of cute, and he has his like... I guess like his little nephew in real life does the voice for Lucas and he's just kind of adorable. Like there's a, a short where the spider's on a chair and he goes, oh, and it's like a dog is laying down. He's like, and it's all like kind of like a golden retriever, kind of just more white. And he goes, oh, what's that? I don't know what that is. I think it's a polar bear. I'm going to go boop it on the nose. And then like the spider runs down there, boops him on the nose and the dog wakes up. and He's like, ah, and runs off. It's just like super cute. And I kind of wanted Lucas the spider short. Because I want a full-length movie, guys. There was some movie, I can't remember, it was like the last Pixar film or something where they had a short in front of it. And it was like 20, oh, I think it was Moana, dude. It was like 25 minutes long. And then like like two, two or three weeks after, after a lot of complaints, Disney sent a new cut to theaters without it because it just had a lot of backlash. It was like, what the fuck? We, we came in for Moana, man. Yeah, that would be <laughs> irritating as all hell. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I mean, I don't necessarily need that short in front of it. I mean, I think it's cool to like... I mean, these guys who made this, if they had a cool idea, you know, they have, they have a cool animation style, that's great. I mean, you need to showcase these artists. And I'm not saying don't, it's just... And I, and I mean, I guess it's hard to get people just to go see a showcase of Pixar shorts. You know, I don't think I would show up to the theater to see that. I think it's interesting, and I do think they've had some really good ones before films, but, I, you know, I don't want to say this one's bad, because I don't think it's bad. It's just, I was ready for Incredibles 2, dude. I didn't want to watch trailers before the fucking movie. <laughs> you I were was fucking just ready. Dead, I was just, bro. you know. I feel I, the same. And it's like, you know, when we talk about other movies... Uh, when we review them, the trailers are just so long and there's like fucking commercials now. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man, give me three hot trailers and move the fuck on. I can watch these on the internet. And yeah. some of them are cool. Like, don't get me wrong, seeing the new Predator film trailer on the big screen, Maddie loved it. Maddie loved it. Maddie wanted it. But <laughs> um, at the same time, it's like, man, I came here to watch a movie and it says it starts at this time. You know, I got shit to do. I got a podcast to do after this movie. I got to go buy new, some new <laughs> shoes. Shit. Let's get on with it. I'm ready to see a movie. You know, it's like, because people show up late. Like, have you guys been in the theater? And it's just like, you're like, oh, sweet. I got this spot next to me. I'm going to, like, stretch out a little bit. And then everyone runs in as soon as the movie starts. It's like, god damn. People know. People know you're going to show a shit ton of trailers now. So don't do it. Don't do it anymore. So they feel bad when they show up late. And they're like, oh, shit. We're already 10 minutes in, in this movie. So people learn to show up, be punctual. Just saying. Got, got some gripes with like the way that things are done. That was the Maddie Minute. Sorry. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> cool. I, I want a Lucas the Spider feature film, by Have the way. your theater experiences gotten worse in Seattle? <laughs> um, 
You know, I really thought they would be worse in Cincinnati, but I think they're a little worse here. Wow, that's um, interesting. And I don't know if it's like because people are paying more that they feel like they should be able to talk more because like I pay a shit ton of money. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Because I'm paying $20 for this ticket. I didn't pay $20 for my ticket. It was like $14. But still, I mean, that's, you know, that's like a meal, dude. Oh, yeah. And I just, you know, I mean, I don't know what if people feel a little more entitled or if it's just younger generations feel like you should just talk through stuff. I, Dude, I don't get it. I think I'm just too old at this point. Well, I don't we're know. all getting up there, bro. <laughs> all Everything right. hurts. Uh, <laughs> Stefan, bow. Bow. Um, I agree with a lot of what Maddie was saying in terms of just being ready for Incredibles 2 to start and trailers and all that shit and people and all that shit. But <laughs> but I really enjoyed bow as well. It was nice and sad. I'm really close with my mom, so I was like, ah, oh, man, you got me. Um, uh, and also coming from my trip to Asia – I knew what bow was, you know, like I was like, all right, a movie about pork buns. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> and so it was good. It was nice. It was sad. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Even after the reveal, it was her son. I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay. I see. I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't paying as much attention as I was watching it. Cause but, you wanted that Incredibles but, too, Dom. Yeah. And it got <laughs> to the reveal of it being her son or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. I see. And like, I thought, yeah. Yeah. It was all right. It was sorry. Right. It was fun. You know what? I cool. love it. It's good. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was okay. I give it a out of shorts. I give it a, a three. <laughs> three out of ten. Three out of ten. Yeah. Wow. For That's shorts. Fucking... No shorts are five. One out of five. So oh, three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I give it a three point five <laughs> out of five. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I really liked it. I do think length is an issue, and this one was maybe nearing the long end, but it did end kind of at an okay time, I guess. wasn't that 25-minute bullshit. Uh, I like the story, and it did... Like, whenever she eats that fucking dumpling, it's like you don't expect it, and there was like an audible gasp in my theater. (laughs) Yeah. Which which is the... in 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 a theater full of kids... It's a pretty good response. It's not like a bunch of laughing and shit. Yeah. Uh, it's it's what adults would do, honestly, which was interesting. But um, then when she eats it, it's like, oh, what's going on? Then when you see the uh, the actual son show up, it's like, uh, oh, okay, this is a d- delusion she's been having. This is how I read it. She's it's like a delusion <laughs> she's had because of all the emotional pain she's been having uh-huh. with her son. There's obviously some shit that's been going on there. He was like, fuck you, mom. And then she couldn't take it. And it's like, it's like, I guess maybe even metaphorical where she's, whenever she eats the, she eats the dumpling. Right. It's like your emotions just get the best of you sometimes. And you just can't fucking control yourself. Yeah. And then you eat your son. No, I don't know, but it's 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 <laughs> it's strange. But I think that's kind of what they were going in. And then you see, like the son try to reconnect and shit, and they're eating pork buns together. It's called nikuman in Japanese, but bao in Chinese. I think they're eating that dessert or it's dessert. In a pink box. They're eating. Pink yeah, box. they're eating pink something. Pink box usually means uh, a dessert of some type. Or don't donuts right. or something, right? Uh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, at the end, there was like this little cream. Yeah, because they're things. making the pork buns, and then his wife does it better than he does, and she's white. 
Right, right, right. And the, the son is trying to make amends for all the shit he's done. And just being from the mother's perspective and like the empty nest syndrome and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, I think it was pretty moving, at least for me. And I, I enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm going to give it like four, four out of five indeeds. <laughs> for, indeed, indeed. On the shorts, on the short scale. And speaking of indeeds, we're now into final thoughts, rounding out the whole review here, guys. Um, so final thoughts, and out of 10, how many indeeds does Incredibles 2 get, Maddie? This is, this is uh, stressful. Um, <laughs> I would say see this movie. It's, I mean, this is why I go to the theater. I mean, I was when I was watching it, there was nothing else going on except for like people being rude, but like... Sometimes I get into movies and I'm just like, oh my God, I got to pee now. Oh my God, I'm going to have to <laughs> pee through this entire fucking movie. But Incredibles just, I mean, I don't know if it's animated films or whatever, but it fucking locked me in. I was, yeah, it's it, like, I mean, it's a solid two hours, man. And uh, at no point was I thinking about anything else. I wanted to see the journey of all the characters. I needed to know where they were. And I don't know if it's because I waited so long to see this movie and usually we have this like pretty big turnaround for like the bigger comic book movies. Like, don't get me wrong, Infinity War. I need to know what I, I want to see. Thanos. I need to know what goes on. But Incredibles just like locked me the fuck in, and I think it's a lot of Brad Bird's storytelling because I feel like all his films are that way. I always want to like he just keeps me so engrossed in what's happening because there's no dull moment. The action's very well done. See it. It's why you go to the theater, people, to see movies like this. Um, you know, I mean, this might be high, but I'm going to have to give it 10 out of 10 indeeds. I didn't have any God problem damn. with it. Um, you know, I, my worst problems were just the theater going experience. And I can't blame a movie for that for idiots in the fucking theater because they made a badass movie. And I think it's what you do with a sequel. I think if this is the only incre- we only get two Incredibles films, then Jesus Christ, man, Brad Bird went out went out on top. And Iron Giant makes me cry all the time. So a super house first, everybody. Ten out of ten. Yeah. So I mean, I loved it, man. It was fun, you know. And I probably won't own any of these movies, but <laughs> just because I don't watch rewatch a lot of animated stuff, but just like having a good time and being that engrossed in the characters, and I hadn't seen them, I I don't think I've watched the movie in like at least ten, ten years. I want to watch it now, though. You know. That's what a sequel should do. Should make you want to go back and rewatch the old one. Be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I should rewatch that movie. Yeah, man, ten out of ten. I stand strong. Nice. Wait, I don't know. Yeah, ten out of ten. Just kidding. <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> um I what was the other part of the question besides the rating? Final thoughts in general. Oh, yeah. Final thoughts in general. Um yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Like what Maddie was saying, the pace of it was really well done visually it's just like so striking and it guides you along so effortlessly it's like a ride you know it's just so well designed through and through um gotta get that frozone movie going i'm ready incredibles 3 i'm ready (laughs) Um, i'm gonna go ahead and give it just because on my scale if i'm gonna give something a 10 that's just like blown away not to say anything against your rating maddie i think I like that you broke the seal on that one. That's monumental. Um, <laughs> but but just for my own personal scale, I'm going to say 
you know, because it's like a kid's movie and there are certain themes that I would have been like, go deeper, make it, like, you know, heavier or something like that. You know, it's just like there are other movies that are able to do that outside of the kid movie realm. So I'll, lo- those, I'll rate those lower just st- by standard. But that being said, I'm going to say this is a solid 7.5 for me. And that's high. Wow. That's low. I just that's not low. I wanted to set my gauge there. That's all right, high. All right, all right, Seven point five right. is highly enjoyable and highly recommended. All right. All okay. Right. Yeah. Seven point five. Sounds good. All right. So if the first one's an eight, is where is where I'm gauging it. I got gotcha. you. An eight. That's seven point five. It's all good. I just wanted to give you some shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. So um, love the first one. Uh, I told you guys in chat, but just to keep this, uh, you know. Tell the audience as well. Um, I, we were in college when the first one came out. I was in film school, so was Stefan. Maddie was in illustration school. Um, just yeah. Anyway, um, so we're we're in school. I'm taking screenwriting, and probably 2005 or whenever the fuck this movie came out, 2004. And God, it was a long time ago. Anyway, screenwriting professor. We ask him. It was like near the end of the year. We were like what's the what's the best movie this year and he was like almost reluctant to say he kind of half laughingly said it but he was also he stood by it he was like i think it's the incredibles it's the best movie this year um and this is a guy that loved like you know fucking like charlie chaplin and like he was you know liked old school silent cinema and shit so this guy yeah you know he had the fucking did you know nolan uh uh-huh. Stephen? okay yeah, yeah it was, it yeah. was him I still, I still have that book that he gave us Oh, nice. That like was an unpublished sc- screenwriting book. Oh, that nice. A friend of his was writing. Was I, awesome. I never got that. N O N O L I N, not like the director. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, he he said that, and, I, and that's always kind of stuck with me. Um, and I I always like looked at the first one like just to try to see what he saw. You know, like as a script writing professor, like you do look at that. When I look at that movie, I'm I'm like, wow, yeah, that. Like everything that happens in that movie is like fucking pitch perfect as far as pacing and action and how the characters are written and all that. And uh, I think that that carried on into this one. And usually there's a lot of times there's like some quality degradation from the first to the second. You get diminishing returns. But I guess they just had such a fucking long time in between the two. They were able to develop the script uh, to the best it could be. And... um, it, it turned out fucking great. I mean, yeah, there's really not much bad to say about it. Uh, and um, I'm going to give it 9.5. I don't feel confident enough to give it a 10, but it is quite solid. And uh, yeah, um, that's it for me. So that, yeah, that, that finishes the review of The Incredibles 2. Go out and fucking see the shit. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the room of mysteriosity. <laughs> Not a word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I was I was so entertained by the conspiracies list that Andrew put together that I was like, "There's another road that this goes down," you know. So I started thinking of like maybe like urban legends and myths and video games and stuff like that. Um, so I put together this list. That I've titled Top 10 Video Game Myths and Mysteries. Because they're not quite the same exactly. So that's where I kind of split that off at. Um, But I'm going to start a little light. Shang Long. 
Um, Sheng Long is the supposed name of a secret character in the original Street Fighter 2 game. The name became video game myth when a mysterious Ryu victory screen read, You must defeat Sheng Long to stand a chance. This had fans wondering if there was, in fact, a secret character tied to Ryu somewhere in the game. This also led to the myth being expanded upon and speculated upon for some time by fans and gaming magazines. EGM in 1992 um, fanned the fire by stating the legend was true, which but it turned out to be an April Fool's joke um, that left a lot of people still questioning, uh, needing answers. Um, it turns out the name Sheng Long featured in the game was a mistranslation of the word Shoryuken. And because of uh, the EGM article in 1992, it's regarded as one of the most famous hoaxes in video game history. All right. Um, I, I grew up with this shit because I was a Street Fighter <laughs> fan. Yeah. And I read EGM. And, yes, they had a fucking... Uh, it had the, a character the, art and everything. The April issue had an April Fool's joke every year, if I remember correctly. And yeah. that was part of the April issue. And it left all of us fans wondering, like, oh, shit, is there going to be Shing Long? What the <laughs> fuck? And it never happened. This is one of the most famous mistranslations slash hoaxes of of all fucking time, man. Any, yeah. I think any like old school Street Fighter fan, if Joey was here, I'm sure he would have something to say. This kept yeah. like before the internet. This fucking kept us like wondering for a while, dude. Like like a little too long. We were, <laughs> for years, you're we like, what the what's going on with Shing Long? Now yeah. when when fucking like Street Fighter Four, I believe they had that character Gotetsu, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like he should be who Sheng Long is. Mm -hmm. but there was yeah for a time like fans uh, uh, speculated that it was like the teacher um, of Ryu, Ryu and Ken. Yeah, um, yeah And this yeah. is this 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 actually this legend kind of in a way led to the the design of Akuma and Gokui, um, who are actual characters now in the game and and part of their mythology. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. It's kind of the you know, the just a legend. It's just a legend. But that would I mean, it's obviously an interesting place to like create a character there. You know, especially at this point in fucking Street Fighter Five uh, arcade just came out. Shang Long just fucking make him, put him in the game, make him badass, and then you know, put the myth, put the legend or the hoax even to bed and move it along. It's already part of the mythos, so. I don't know. I love Street Fighter 2. It would be I, awesome. I think that now that I'm thinking about it uh, even more, I think that there might be some issue with the fact that Sheng Long is a Chinese name. Yeah. And yeah, okay. it's, they're, they're supposed to be taught in Japan uh, by, you know, karate masters, which is a Japanese martial art. That being said, it could be like they could work it in where it's like a Chinese alias that this Japanese guy is using or something. I could see them switching it up that way. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, my number five on my list is the Minecraft ghost. Herobrine, the ghost in Minecraft, began as a post on the Minecraft forums in 2010, accompanied by a foggy screenshot of a distant figure standing just on the edge of the fog. The post stated that the player had seen a copy of the default player character with no eyes, but any time he tried to get closer, the figure would turn a corner or walk into the fog and disappear. 
It also reported seeing man-made structures randomly appearing in his world and that he had been contacted by other players who had also seen the figure. After his first post, he reported being contacted by a user called Herobrine, who simply said, Stop! Notch! Or <clears throat> Notch! The game's creator has said that Herobrine does not exist and has never been a part of the game in any capacity. However, the plot thickened with the Minecraft Beta 1.6.6 update when it included in the list of patch notes was an item reading, Minus Removed Herobrine. This is most likely just a joke by Notch to poke fun at the hoax, but with lots of reports of Herobrine sightings, it does make one wonder. <laughs> so it's like a ghost Minecraft character walking around. Yeah, it's a it's an it's like a ghost image or it's like the main character that you play has got like a little turquoise shirt and you like a little side sweeping kind of hairstyle. Just your kind of everyman kind of look. And does he haunt the character? Uh, he just pops up and scares you and then yeah, leaves. Yeah, that's the thing. When people report seeing him in their game or whatever, the, the small community that has kind of like stimulated and propagated this legend um, say that he's, he, you know, like, like I just said, like uh, he'll like disappear if you try and go up to him or he'll you turn a corner and he'll be there and then you turn, you know, you turn away to run away or something and then he's gone or... You know, it's like, you know, it's like any other kind of ghost story. It's just like, you know, I went to go grab the camera when I was back and the thing had disappeared. I feel like if you were <laughs> doing like a late night session on Minecraft and then you yeah. turn the corner and then there's that, that would be a little spooky. That would fucking send a chill down my spine. Man. <laughs> I love the idea of ghosts in video games now, which I know I have to watch. Um... There's a Japanese movie that's kind of about a ghost in the internet or something like that. But uh, but this one I liked because, yeah, there's like, what if you... It's This one's similar to another one I was going to add to the list, um, which is one I think I've kind of talked about with you guys. This uh, Vine Sauce, Active Worlds, this guy encounters this mysterious NPC in the game. And so this idea of just there being like some thing or some person, some player that's not supposed to be there by all accounts that's existing in the game with you and yeah a late night session <laughs> and you discover something like this uh, it would f it would be fucking perfect it would be just be like so terrifying <laughs> so i thought minecraft and minecraft is kind of a and a very atmospheric game you know so it can go it can go either way depending on if you're playing it late at night or during the day or you know whatever you know if you do late night session that music is like kind of it could be kind of eerie and then the environments and then at night, you know, you're not supposed to be at night if you play survivor mode. Minecraft's dope. <laughs> I've never played it, but that's, I think there's a big generation gap. So you've played the game? Yeah. yeah, Minecraft is awesome. I've mostly played where you can like build your own stuff and there's two modes. There's, you can build your own stuff and just kind of explore the world um, and, di and like mine shit and make stuff. Or you can play survivor mode which is you start from scratch with nothing and you learn how to make fire, how to do this, how to do that. On, I, I've that. thought, are you, are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I've thought a little bit deeply about Minecraft, all right? Uh, the fact that it's huge and there's a big generation gap going on here uh, as far as, like, if you look at our cartoons and, and how we grew up, we had... Uh, we had like all these like crazy action cartoons 
Transformers, Ninja Turtles, uh, Thundercats, uh, He-Man, all this fighting, G.I. Joe, right? And I've wondered, like, we're just raised on that, like a bunch of fucking, like, just action and violence kind of. Right, yeah. Yeah, cut yeah. cut to kids these days and like the cartoons honestly like you got adventure time which is just whacked out regular mm. show don't even know how many teen kids titans are watching go. that teen titans go it seems like there's this huge movement away from action with kids so yeah. does that translate Violence. into video game taste you know what i'm saying like yeah. Does that does like like instead of playing a first person shooter, the, the, uh-huh. do they want to just build some shit in a fucking video game? Uh, you know, like it, yeah, more color, more uh, options to more diff- different things to do, less difficulty, maybe less violence, more creativity driven. Like I, yeah. I, I feel like it, is all this connected, or or am I just thinking too much? You know? Yeah. Um, no, I think it's a valid thought. It's an interesting thought. Um, and, and definitely like the age gap is, or the age gap is a huge aspect of what we're seeing. Like I, st- I played Minecraft just cause it, it got really popular for everybody, like of all ages for a small bit. And now at this point, it's kind of like fallen out of the main, uh, you know, the adult mainstream, but for kids, yeah, especially of a certain age, they're still playing Minecraft and you get lost in that world, you know, and if you get good at it, um, you could you know i don't know it's just like kind of an endless exploration creativity kind of game and there's consequences in it as well like so my, my friend that's uh like right at our age he had kids early a co-worker uh-huh. of mine and he his kids are like like nine and eleven or some shit he had kids in his early 20s all right but he is uh-huh. like ex- almost exactly our age and he said like his kids will just want to play Minecraft all fucking day long, and he just does yeah, not get like, it. And he just yeah. he just wants to play Doom or some some violent shit, you know, Mass Effect or something. Yeah, which I mean, isn't imagine, super violent, but if there's shooting in it, imagine if you're six years old. This is this is Legos, you know, for a lot of right a lot of kids now, and 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 yeah, I think it affords you that that aspect of creativity that somebody that young needs, you know, like probably. When you're younger, you know, I think I think violence when I'm around that age, especially like violence or action and stuff like that is probably like it's for me. It's like why I think I probably wasn't so into like Transformers as much. Well, I can't say that I like Transformers, but um, I don't know. It's something I think I'd have to think about as well. But I, I think I'm probably you know, like connecting those two a little bit too much but i've just thought about it and then you got the new thundercats which is everybody's hating but uh it if if anybody has gone down this soundcloud list and seen american otaku and the and the co-host i had at that time he is panthro (laughs) in the new in the new thundercats so i'm supporting that 100 percent, and that's a tangent but um it does designs though the designs do show like a change seems, in, yeah. in like from action to just having fun, y'all. Yeah. Like and it's, know, it's probably better for kids because we've probably raised on too much violence, but you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, I you know I'm not a huge fan of Teen Titans Go. I don't really know much about it to be honest. But that movie trailer, that shit looked pretty good to me. I thought it looked fun as hell. The animation looked great. Uh, 
I love Teen Titans, dude. I've so I've seen almost. So all I, of them. I, I get I get why where it's going, and you know the original Masters of the Universe cartoon had great toys. You know what I mean, but also was pretty lighthearted in its execution. A lot of comedy. Um, as we all learned from the toys that made us, this I'm just like regurgitating what they're saying, but <laughs> that Transformers but, um, episode but, was the shit, by the way. Yeah, it was so good. But um, but you know, like it's it can be those things. You know, it could it can still have the adventures and the magic and the whatever, but it also is gonna ja, it's gonna be lighter. It's gonna be. Did you see the Transformers episode? Um, yeah, I've seen them all. Oh so man, good. I loved so it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, so that's the Minecraft ghost. <laughs> Sorry for that humongous <laughs> tangent there, man. <laughs> Take it away, Stefan. Um, okay, the next one is called The Hall of Tortured Souls, Excel 95. <clears throat> if you are a multi-billionaire CEO of the biggest tech company in the world and also secretly the devil, as some internet urban legends suggest, uh, where would you hide evidence of the damned souls that you collect and torture? Spreadsheet software, right? This is, again, comic book resources. Um, <laughs> Damn, I let, wish let that give was by Matthew, Super House original. By Matthew Stevens, 5-5-2017. Uh, uh, I just want to give the dude credit because I'm you know, all your words. All your words. Uh, <laughs> so, well, uh, we don't know about Bill Gates being the lord of the underworld, but there's a pretty creepy Easter egg hidden in Excel 95 that probably doesn't help put the rumor to rest. If you go down to the 95th row, select the whole row tab over column B, go to help slash about, comma, hold, control, alt, shift. Who the fuck click, found out this shit? <laughs> and click the tech support button. A mini game window appears called Hall of Tortured Souls. What? It consists, <laughs> it consists of a room with glowing green pools and another with red names dripping down the wall. But if you type... In all capital letters, E-X-C-E-L-K-F-A. While facing a certain direction, a wall disappears and you can cross a narrow bridge leading to a room with pictures of the developers. Obviously, it's just a joke poking fun at the monotony of writing spreadsheet software. Oh my but god, you have I, to I know. would imagine. That must be <laughs> fucking soul crushing, dude. <laughs> yeah. But you have to know a weirdly specific set of button presses to get there. So how did they expect anyone to find it? Well, someone fucking did. Someone fucking did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Unless someone from that team released it. That's when when I'm watching Silicon Valley. I'm like, man, I want to be like these guys some of the time. They're awesome, and I want to be like a hacker dude who knows all this code and software and shit, but no way. Seems like... I would never be able to, you know, I think if, I'm pretty good with computers, but I would never be able to figure that kind of shit out. If I wasn't in the film industry, I think that's what I'd be doing because I would yeah. just be doing it from home, sending in my code to the company, having yeah. a good old time, <laughs> <laughs> putting in um, satanic imagery in my code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's like a tiny game. It's like a little experience with like eerie music. And then, I mean, uh, here I'll send you the. Is it just one vert? Is Excel ninety five? It wasn't in. Uh, yeah, the, it wouldn't have been in any of the others. It seems like. That's crazy. So this is real. Yeah, yeah, this is real, and I sent you a link here. You can see some of the images uh, um, that are associated that are associated with this particular 
you know, this is not a myth, really, and and all, I guess this fits into the category of being a mystery for some time. Or a legend. <laughs> a legend, yeah. So, pretty cool, pretty creepy, fucking very funny. Love it, sinister. Keep it co- keep it coming, Microsoft. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that one. That might be my favorite one so far, Stefan. Okay, cool. So there's no, you know, there's no particular order. I didn't necessarily pick any one of these as being greater or less. You know, obviously. You gotta some tell me, tell us your favorite at the end of this, though. I, I will, I will. So coming up next is one of my, you know, it's definitely a favorite is the Laura Croft nude code. Oh, legendary. Yeah. So back in the day when we're, but you know, just getting to know, going through our adolescence as Dash, will had said in Incredibles two. Um, (laughs) you know we all get curious of the fair sex and sometimes we don't have many outlets for that at such a young age and it's our 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 heroines that that what am i what am i what am i what am i saying (laughs) you're trying to Um, say that what i'm trying to say is back in the day you wanted to see them titties yeah and Just you know, even though were, even though they were like basically like some kind of trapezoidal, triangular, polygonal. Wait, that's mess. not how boobs look. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I mean, I think pretty once. close. I think they, you know, they're pretty. They were good enough for me back that day. Anyway, Laura Croft back then. You're like there was well, really there was a legend. Like you know, you'd either have some friend or it'd show up in a magazine potentially, or maybe this is closer to the around. This was closer to AOL, so I kind of feel like maybe the internet. Um, definitely, uh, but who didn't want to see Laura Croft nude back in the day? Uh, you wanted to see anything nude back in the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. I was definitely you, aware Thank of this for... too at the time. I had to, <laughs> to delete my AOL web history from my parents because we were sharing a computer <laughs> at the time. Uh, really tried to find this out, and there was a early website called NudeRaider.com or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it was just that because I had the PlayStation version. I didn't have the PC version. I couldn't get the mod, and the mod was real as far as I can tell for PC. But you could, and yeah. there was like, I don't know if you were going to get to this or not, Stefan. But there was a code. There was a rumor of the code being uh-huh. available, like a you know, like a cheat code. Right. Right. Yeah. Like down, up, up, it left, was, left, right, R, yeah, whatever the no, fuck. It was, it was a sought after thing like you yeah. at that time you thought it was real and you and you're like obviously like these nerdy game developers of course you know of course they've rendered her nude you know what i mean the at the time the technology was still new so that was like that was more realistic than what we had with you know the Sega Saturn or something Wait, they were kind of this on the same uh, like that the, was same okay. generation with like sixteen bit or like it was yeah. like the next step. So we're like we'd never seen that before, and you're like, oh man, she's looking good. This game is great. The graphics are amazing, <laughs> you know. And so Whoa, yeah, they made. I, yeah. I mean, they made like the bustiest character we'd seen at the time. It was a huge yeah. deal. And that that whole handstand mechanic and stuff, and it was like it was uh-huh. very like not you know it was very sexualizing. She was a sexualized character from the get go, and that's hundred percent. I think is is put a lot more in check in video games now than it ever has been, but definitely at the time it was still kind of like wild west in that regard. And a lot of games were basically played by men, uh, or yeah. or it was assumed that you know the demographic was mostly men of a certain age group that you know made and played these games. And so you know, as we found out later, a lot of women playing games for a long time. A lot of women play well. games as well. It just was underreported yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And the things that were popular that sold were stuff like this. So it really was like, you know, led to a, a contention of, of being 
very conscientious about like sexualizing characters and games. Well, her um, her cup size got like two times bigger each game until like the <laughs> yeah. until the fourth one, and then there was the I guess the reboot, or they kept right. her at a huge size for a while, and then the yeah. reboot where she's back, she's smaller than she ever was because yeah. they're they're desexualizing her, which is yeah. the, you know the, the the move to make. But yeah. you know, it was the '90s, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was the late '90s, and that's just where we were. And yeah. and it, as it turns out, the the Laura Croft nude code never existed. It's been acknowledged by fucking Crimson. What are they called? Uh, who made the game? Ados. <laughs> Ados. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it never existed, and there have been mods since then, obviously for PC versions and stuff, and potentially for cracked consoles. Um, where you could the mo- the play. mod was there in the very first one for PC, right? Right, because yeah, you can exactly. do that with PC. Yeah, somebody with somebody who's a whiz, uh, some graphics whiz, whipped it up and pretend like probably just, uh, shared it amongst friends or something like that. But you know, and images that had been doctored and things like that were rampant. Um, but all in all, there never really was such a thing. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of a sad, but at the same time, it's probably for the best. That we didn't have the nude Laura Croft. Give her, leave her dignity, huh? <laughs> She's supposed to be a hero, you know. Like, I, I mean, yeah. it's it's and it, what they're doing yeah. with her now is so good, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the re, the reboot. I liked. I love Tomb Raider: Oblivion, where they don't really shy away from the the expected Laura Croft kind of thing, but they don't also like focus on it and like have her tits jiggling too much or like her ass and frames and stuff like that. It's kind of it's pretty like straightforward so it wasn't until the reboot that they really were concerned with the way that this character is being perceived and how they could move her on into the future so but for a time that's the only thing you ever wanted you know as a kid so oh yeah why that one's pretty i think pretty huge i sought Um, it out myself so that's my list (laughs) (laughs) wait so which one's your favorite man uh, my favorite, I think, out of all of them is probably the Hall of Tortured Souls, obviously, because it's, like, the the most real and just, like, however the hell you discovered that, if you did discover that, that would be, like, I don't know, I like Minecraft Ghosts, too, I think is good, even though that would be, like, one of the most easy to disprove, obviously, but I just like that idea of the ghost in the video game. Um, I think for the most part, the list is good. I like the Shen, Sheng Long stuff too. How just like a mistranslation can turn into a um, this m- myth and people speculating on the character. And I was on the ground floor for that one. I, I know all about right. that. Grew up with yeah. that one, man. Yeah, you know. And so just just the way overall, just the way that games can stimulate our imagination so much because a lot of people talk shit on video games about like it's rotting your brain or you know you're not thinking for yourself and like go outside and play while you're playing this blah 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 but games do so much to stimulate our imagination that even when we're not playing the game and creating the you know myths outside of what we're playing like when i first played no man's sky i was so set i thought the coolest aspect of it was that you know, when you're talking to somebody else about their game, like no two games seem to be described the same. And that seemed cool to me. And the ability to get lost or, or even the madness of developers to like hide things and to kind of throw you onto these trails or something and leave these clues. Cause 
it seems like in our daily lives, things like Occam's razor, you know, like the most likely, uh, the most likely, um, explanation is probably the, the right one. The simplest explanation. Yeah. So, so to even, you know, the one of them that I left out that I thought was really, that I always thought was really good. And I don't know how to represent it other than just sharing the video that it is, is the vine sauce one with, uh, active worlds and, this guy finding this creepy character talking to him in this really cryptic kind of like language. Um, it has since been confirmed that it was like a joke and the community was still around and some mods had been incorporated and stuff like that. But at the time when I first learned about it, it's like, Oh my God, ghost in the machine, you know, (laughs) and that tickles me pink brothers. Can I share the one before we close out this section? Uh, Absolutely. You, you, you deleted it from the list. I wanted, I wanted to do it, but then I was like, I couldn't find anything on it really. So go ahead. Yeah. There's, uh, there's the thing is, there's probably it probably doesn't. It was probably just very local to my area, but yeah. All right. So if you remember Killer Instinct in the arcade and in uh, Super Nintendo on Super Nintendo, it was a Mortal Kombat type of game. It had fatalities and everything like that. And one of the characters was a woman uh, named Orchid. And her fatality in the actual game was she, like, showed you her chest. But her back was turned towards the screen. Okay? This was actually Mm -hmm. in the game. Very weird. And then the person would die, and it was like fatality or whatever it was. And then That from some titties? Yeah. Basically, yeah. And that was strange in and of itself. But then, like, everybody I remember growing up, they had, like, people were saying that, oh, there's a code you can do where uh, she turns towards you, and her, but her boobs are all, they got warts on them and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... That's what I think is so funny. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, why not just regular boobs? But they were like, oh, it's like a fatality. It's kind of gross. She's got warts on them. And I was like, <laughs> you know... Yeah, bro. So uh, that was like, I remember trying to find that out for the longest time, but just came to find out that it was, you know, (laughs) just some shit some kids were saying. But I remember believing that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So again, when you're young, you want to see them (laughs) boobies, even if they got warts on them, you want to see it. And you're going to go to what lengths that you can to get that code. And, you know, this was just around the time when we were when we were really getting privy to what even the Internet was. So, you know, imagining kids now with born into the Internet. Hell, I think Killer Instinct 1 was before the Internet and then maybe maybe two around the time of two. It was so information travels so fast. So myths and legends and things like this can be debunked fairly easily, fairly quickly. That's a good thing about the Internet. Like back yeah. in the day, if somebody said some shit, you just believe yeah. it for a while. You right. Know? <laughs> right. Right. It's really good. And then I think, you know, with a lot of these legends and stuff like that, it's the storytelling that's built in. Because some, the thing that's real about it is is the way is how powerful your imagination is and the way that it creeps you out or the way it stimulates that. So I think, I think like keep them coming. I want more game urban legends. I want more video games, <laughs> for Christ's sakes. But but having things embedded or these mysterious occurrences, Polybius and the stuff we talked about with the conspiracies, um, it's just such an interesting realm to find. Uh, you know, legends that aren't already built into the game, and I think that's 
that makes it so fun. Okay, we're ready to wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah for all right, that was episode 132, everybody. Thanks, Shasta, first of all, and then thanks again, everybody, for listening. And uh, that's basically it for me. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to up the mic game, and going forward, it'll sound like this or even better. So You're any, so, good. <laughs> so buttery smooth. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Andrew signing off. Maddie signing off. This is Stefan and Transmission. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. And <laughs> we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. If you give us a grant, who knows what'll happen. Check us out. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project. 2018. <laughs> Links in the description. 